0: But then I think about the other invoice that could come if I don't win and I don't pay that invoice. And that's regret. The bill from regret, the invoice that we get from regret if we choose not to do anything with our lives, that's the one that scares me. Because I'm not the only one that pays for it. My future generations also pay for the fact that I chose not to pay the bill of winning. Winning is going to cost you everything, but it's going to give you so much more. You are listening to The Isaac Velez Show, the best podcast for mavericks, rare breeds of thinkers and doers characterized by relentless pursuit of excellence and an unquenchable thirst for innovation. I'm your host, Isaac, performance coach, and our show is a masterclass of achieving holistic success, deeply rooted in stoicism and essentialism. If that sounds interesting, stay tuned for today's episode and welcome to The Isaac Velez Show. for tuning into another episode of the Isaac Velez show. I'm excited to get into today's episode. Today we're talking about how you can outwork everyone in your field. When it comes to what we choose to do in life, you know, whether it's becoming an entrepreneur or climbing up the corporate ladder to an executive position, there's a lot of avenues that we can explore for us to become who we need to be. And there's a lot of things we ask ourselves, you know, are we doing what we love to do? How is our family life affected by the work that we do, the time that we spend on the work that we do? And there's been a lot of reflections on that throughout history, and I've personally had that in my own life, you know, seeing the balance between starting a business and losing friends and sacrificing relationships, sacrificing some moments in order for me to pursue what I think is best. Life is all about trade-offs, opportunity costs. And so how does this affect what we choose to do the fields that we go into you know why does someone go into tech versus healthcare why does someone go down the private sector versus the public sector why does someone believe that working in the public sector is good and why does someone believe that working in the private sector is good right these all these things that are shaped by the perspectives of how we grew up and the things that we learned and i know for me i've asked myself the question you know would i want to be in a public light you know going for public office trying to make amends by changing legislation. But then there's a flip side of, you know, making money in the private sector to lobby and influence the public sector. And so the reason I want to bring all this up is that all of this is context-based perspective, right? All of this is based on our own experience, based on what we want to do and what we believe is right and fair and just. But the thing of the matter is, how do we actually get to the respective place within the field that we choose? If you choose healthcare or tech, or if you want to go into a startup world, or if you choose to go into the corporate world, there's a couple principles that remain the same across all of these platforms. And one of those is work ethic. One of those is how hard you choose to work, how much time and energy you invest in what you choose to do. And so a lot of us want what's best for us. I mean, that's inherent. And I know for me, I want to make sure that I'm shooting for the stars. Like, I only want the best of the best. But the more that I ask for it, the bigger the price that I have to pay. Because I think of it this way. Winning writes you a bill, an invoice. The more you want to win, the bigger that invoice is going to be. And there's going to be a day that comes where I have to write the check for that. The big check, right? I'm running small checks every day to sacrifice, you know, what I do in order to win. But there's a big check. But then I think about the other invoice that could come if I don't win and I don't pay that invoice. And that's regret. The bill from regret, the invoice that we get from regret if we choose not to do anything with our lives, that's the one that scares me. Because I'm not the only one that pays for it. My future generations also pay for the fact that I chose not to pay the bill of winning, right? Winning is going to cost you everything, but it's going to give you so much more. You know, a lot of times, especially when I was working on the clothing startup that I, that I had, it was tough because, again, it was like you had a successful launch, you had a successful campaign, it worked. But now you got to take that money and reinvest it back into the inventory for the next launch. And so all your wins were risked again. If, you ever, if you've ever played poker, you know how that is. Like you, you, you kind of like shed a few, right? You're losing chips just because you have bad hands and then you win big and then you do the same thing over again. But it's a race because you're losing chips every time that you can't play that hand because you're just calling the initial thing. And so you're losing 50, 50, 50, 50. You win 500 and now you're up positive. But for some people, that margin gets so slim that it scares them and i know that it scared me because i'm like like it worked but i don't know if i have enough to make it to the next time and a lot of people and this isn't just business there's a lot of people in the world that live paycheck to paycheck right this one meets enough to make the end of the month but then they need the other one otherwise they don't have anything else they can do and so that's the price of scarcity where the resources are too thin and it's just not going to add up if you don't have that next incoming thing But what's the flip side? What's the cost when you have enough or when you are at the top? And that's the price of of winning. And that's the trade-off that you don't get to do everything. I believe that we can all do anything that we choose to do, but we can't do everything because we simply don't have the time available for us to do all the things that we want to do. And maybe there is enough time, but we can't do everything well, if that is the case. And so where has all this, you know, build up led us in in today's conversation? Today's conversation is about outworking everybody in your field. It's about committing to a higher version of ourselves so we can do what we believe is right. You know, last night I decided to, you know, go outside of my patio, light a fire and just think. Sometimes I just like to relax and think, and a fire is a great place to do that. When I'm sitting here, just reflecting on the fact of, you know, the stressful moments and stuff like that, you know, I go back to this past summer. And I mentioned it in a couple episodes ago, that summer for me has always been a very heavy period in terms of my mental state. Because everything feels like it just weighs a little bit heavier, and the pressure And the uncertainty just starts to creep up a little bit. And on the flip side, I really do love the winter months. Because the winter months, I feel so much more locked in and just ready. And I just feel like, again, like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take risks. And it's just like, I feel like I get a lot more stuff done. And a lot of that's belief, sure. But the point being is, you know, when I reflect on these things, I think a lot of other things that I sacrificed in order to get where I am today. And the sacrifice doesn't stop with who I am today, because the sacrifice was just the start for me to change my life for the better. Investing in myself to break through limiting beliefs, through questioning the systems that I had created to protect myself against the world, I now realize that I have to relearn what it is to be me. I have to re explore the why in my current capacity. And a lot of life is self questioning, not self doubt, but a next evolution of self understanding. And so that's why I say at the beginning it doesn't matter so much what you do, because there are timeless principles that you have to understand. And if you're someone like me who has these big visions for themselves, for the family, for the world even. You don't get to make that choice unless you're willing to commit to a higher version of yourself. And committing to that higher version requires you to be the hardest worker in the room. Now, hardest worker doesn't mean aimless work without strategy or tactics. Strategy and tactics are part of the hard work, of working harder and smarter. There doesn't have to be a trade-off between the two. You can do both. You can work hard and you can work smart. And you should be doing both if you want to compete at the highest level. I know that when I have my own reflections, it varies. Sometimes I'm thinking about relationships, sometimes I'm thinking about business, sometimes I'm thinking about my life, sometimes it's my health, sometimes it's a future family, sometimes it's where I want to be in five years. It's all these things that pop up. And sometimes it's not just about Processing what we think about, but sometimes it's sitting in our own thoughts, not judging, not even feeling, just listening to our own thoughts as if we were just a friend listening to someone rant about their life. And having that kind of relationship with myself has allowed me to really discover what the in- external influences have been projecting into my mind. Because the content that we consume, the people that we talk to, the things that we do, they're all feeding into our mind. Our mind is consummating everything that it absorbs. And so if we're looking at things on social media that aren't good for us, if we're with people that aren't trying to take us to the places we want to go, or people that are limiting their their own belief systems, thus affecting our own ability to pick past our belief systems, it gets hard. It really does. And so when we're able to be honest with ourselves, we get placed in the position of, hey. Maybe I don't have to be this way anymore. Maybe I can catapult myself to a new life if I start to not consume the things that aren't good for me. I know from my own life when I shifted to playing video games, you know, watching movies all the time, not doing much with my life to listening to audiobooks, to listening to podcasts to listening to even classical music helped me a good bit too. Just these kinds of shifts, like they seem trivial. And a lot of people just think it's gimmicky. But if your mind is constantly consuming information about the changing economy, or about the latest development in health, or about this new study that proves that if you go outside and get sunlight, you're going to have X increase in your growth hormones. Whatever it might be, if you're consuming this, you start to think this way. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's some people that know a show so well that a lot of their references when they talk with their friends come from a show. Think of a show like Friends or The Office that are very well known. Why is that? Because in the consumption of this show so much and thinking about it so much, they start to adopt some of the speak and some of the language that comes from these kind of cultures. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying it's an example of what happens when you start to consume things and consume them, and consume them, what they eventually will do to you. And if you're consuming things that are good for you, that will move you forward, whether that's content, or whether that's people, you're going to realize that you're going to start moving a lot easier with less friction to the way you want to move. Because that's exactly what happened for me when I shifted from things that didn't actually have a practical impact on my life, like video games, and I moved towards the information, and the resources. and I did that years ago, but the change has been exponential. And another thing too about it, when it comes back to the topic of outworking everyone in your field, you have to be the highest performer, but the ultimate competition is against ourselves, right? It's you versus you out there. David Goggins has this concept of the accountability mirror. You look yourself in the mirror and you tell yourself the truth. No holding back, no lying, no sugarcoating, just the truth. And that's part of my start. And it's still something I do today. Looking myself in the mirror and saying, is that the person I would go to war with? You know, is that someone that I would trust to have my back in any situation? And if the answer is no, start asking yourself why. Because I found that the starting point of being able to acknowledge that you're not okay Is the only way I've been able to actually make an impact on that. Because I can't change something that I don't acknowledge as a problem. Because you can't solve a problem you don't have. And so you have to first accept that you have a problem, and then you can start moving and solving and acting upon that problem. And so if I'm saying anything to you today, let me say this you have a chance. To change the world in only a way that you can. Now maybe you don't want to change the entire world order. And maybe you can't. Maybe I can't either. But maybe there's something that you would like to see done better. Or at the very least, you want to live your best life. You're going to have to commit and work harder than anyone else thinks is rational. In order for it to become real. Because that's the price of winning. Is giving all of yourself what you want to win for. And if you ask yourself the right questions, that will be the most meaningful thing you can ever do. And if you fail to ask yourself the right questions, you might give yourself to the complete wrong thing. And it might be very hard for you to deal with that reality. So I know for myself, ask myself the questions that are mattering to me. That tell me the things I need to know about myself. And then I need to go out and do those things. And I'll be honest, sometimes I still struggle with execution. But the thing that I'm working on is continuously building on that execution. I know my strengths, but I see these weaknesses like execution and like implementation, and I start to deal with it. And you start taking steps to remedy the weaknesses because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And now that we know that's the case, a hundred percent of the time, we can move forward and start just being our best selves and stop worrying about a perfect version that will never happen. I hope this was helpful. I appreciate your time. I will see you all on the next episode of the Isaac Velez show. Benny, Vidi, Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered. That concludes today's episode on the Isaac Velez show. If you enjoyed this episode and it provided you with value, We appreciate it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with one person. We are grateful for all the support that you provide. And if you are serious about improving your life, check out our coaching at www.isaacantoniovelez.com. Until next time, that's it for today's episode.